0: good morning it is none of your business podcast a podcast where we talk about anything but your business and ask questions that's none of your business thank you for joining me today now let the show begin to be heard and we talk about how everyone just wants to be heard you know Danny's on a mission to travel across the world well the country and just listen to your stories you know he, in this episode we talk about how he can telepathically talk to his daughter and you know it the ups and downs that he's had in his life and the challenges that he's has gone through and you know before we started recording i was just so like frustrated and irritated and within five minutes of having a conversation with this man face to face over a zoom call um Just my whole demeanor and my body changed and I was just such more relaxed. So, you know, he throws all of his links in at the end. You guys can find that in the show notes as well. So I hope you guys are staying safe out there. And I know I haven't really been publishing Uh, some crazy work, but hopefully that's going to stop soon and I will be back on track. So... I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Follow me on Instagram, Robert Delude, social media, Robert Delude. Share this with a friend. Let them know that their voice matters also. Be that hero, especially in this time of need where a lot of people might not think that their voice is being heard. So I love you guys and enjoy
1: going to be on video can i drink can i have a shot of scotch can i have some you know super super juice
0: you do whatever you want
1: (laughs) you do whatever you want too
0: (laughs) hey right on so okay um if you're ready let's go so who are you what do you do Uh,
1: are we in? oh we're we're in hey who are you what do you do just like that you caught me by surprise
0: well that's what i do
1: (laughs) okay my name is Danny Levin, and I, have, I am about to set out on a trip across America to listen to the voice of the voiceless.
0: The and voice to... of the voiceless. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go.
1: You can interrupt. I want to I listen to the people no one listens to, and I want to speak to the people nobody speaks to. What do you mean by that? Um, what, what does it mean to you? Let's go back.
0: What does it mean to me?
1: yeah, what does it mean to have to be when you look at the world today? well let's make it more personal. Do you feel heard in the world that we live in today?
0: do I yes I do
1: Tell me about that
0: okay um i when I get messages from people uh, on instagram, email whatever, any type of message um and they tell me that a episode that they listened to it impacted their life or they didn't drink because i'm a recovering drug addict and alcoholic or they didn't kill themselves or someone on my just something that i i posted it helped them in their life that is where i think i've been heard
1: i love that and so what are you saying to those people who are
0: hearing you that is that uh that like the individual who sends me the message yeah what are you saying
1: that someone would write you back and say boy that gives me hope I mean I'm a drug addict and I'm not going to tell I'm going to stop taking drugs or I've been drinking and because of your voice I'm what is it that you're saying
0: I say thank you so much you are no before
1: before you say thank you what are you saying that makes them come to you and say that
0: ah okay it probably you know um one episode i i released and i and i i just talked and i shared my story like i was homeless in vegas and coming from that i uh getting back to montana uh, my fiance at the time uh she got arrested and i just overdosed on heroin wow. because i thought it was my fault and through that experience i started my podcast and i've had guests on who are also recovering drug addicts or like i do like these short episodes on on instagram or whatever and i'll and i'll be like you know today i'm not really feeling on it like fuck this shit like yeah just being real um,
1: so you're so you're vulnerable yeah
0: which by the way is
1: not something that a lot of the world is so congratulations for having the courage to be vulnerable
0: well thank and doing
1: you that. What I see when I look out into the world is a lot of people making a lot of noise because really they're not being listened to. They're not being heard. When when we sit and talk to when I sit and talk to people, um, they feel the same thing they feel with you. They feel that there's I'm holding a space for them mm-hmm. to be able to be honest and real. But most of the time, I find most of the people are saying things that is not what they really want to say. It's what they need to say in order to be. Heard or needed to get attention. For instance, I'll tell you. I'll tell you where it all it it erupted from. Two stories. If I could, do we have
0: time for two stories? We got all the time in the world. Come on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I'm fortunate enough to have a 30 year old developmentally delayed daughter. Okay. I say I say I'm fortunate now because I really believe that now, but I haven't always believed that.
0: Okay. There were times.
1: There were times where every hair on my beard and every hair on my head was was black. Uh, and she helped contribute to making them white along with my own stress around the whole idea because she doesn't speak like you and I speak. And people can't understand her when she talks. Mm-hmm. Because I've been with her the majority of her life. I tend to understand more than most people. But sometimes she'll say something to me and I just don't get it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I'll ask her, Alisa, tell me what you're saying. I really, You know how valuable and important it is for me to hear what you're saying. And she'll try again. And mm-hmm. I still don't get it. And when she speaks and I don't get it, she starts to scream. And I think in her mind, she thinks, well, the reason he's not getting it is he doesn't hear me. But it isn't the volume. It's the clarity. Mm-hmm. And I can't get the clarity of it. And to her credit, every once in a while, when she screams it, she says it a little bit differently. And I do get it. And then she's happy and we communicate. But most of the time, I don't. And when I don't get it, when she screams, she'll go into a tantrum. That could be in the middle of a, a restaurant. It could be when we have friends over at our house. It could be when we're over at friends' houses. It could be just she and me. It could be when she's taking a bath. It could be it could be any number of places. Um, mm-hmm. But she'll go she'll go bat crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, she'll just start screaming and yelling and and you know, start trying to to do stuff. When her rage and, and her tantrum doesn't get my attention, she'll try to attack me. She'll come running at me and either rip my shirt or bite, or try to bite me or do something to hurt me, to destroy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I want to side, hold that story for one minute. What I, uh, want,
0: to,
1: what I want to share with you yeah. is that that went on for about 15 years, sometimes as often as 10 times a day.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: What I saw finally is that every person I meet, every person that I work with, every person, that, every company that I work with, every government official that I work with, does exactly the same thing. When they speak and they don't get heard, they yell. When they yell and they don't get heard, they, they create chaos. Mm-hmm. When they create chaos and they don't get heard, they become, pardon me for being personal, I'm not talking about your story, They get addicted to drugs, they they blow up a building, they attack somebody, they destroy a marriage, right? Because really what we're trying to do, everybody's really just trying to get hurt. Everybody really wants to just just say something and nobody's able to listen. Yeah. So what finally switched it around for me with my daughter was when I said to her, "Alisa, this has gone on for so long now. I don't understand you the way this is happening. I'm so sorry. You have to figure out some way to communicate with me that I can hear you. And she, did, and she went, I am, Daddy. Perfect English. I said, what the heck do you mean? I did exactly what you did. I went like dumbfounded. Like, what the heck are you talking about? What do you mean? How, how in the heck are you doing that? And she took her finger and put it to the side of her head. And I understood in that moment she was putting thoughts into my head because she couldn't speak. She had the ability to communicate telepathically, which I thought she might have. And I thought she was doing, but I didn't trust it because who trusts that stuff? Right? Really? And I said, Are, yeah. I said, you little son of a gunner, have you been putting thoughts into my head? And from the midst of her rage, she started to go into a belly laugh that just like was intoxicating. We couldn't stop laughing. And we, we laughed for what I thought was like a month and a half. But it was probably four <laughs> minutes. Four minutes. But it felt like as soon as she died down, I was laughing. As soon as I died down, she was laughing. And it was just this contagious laughter. From the moment I realized that, from the moment she communicated that to me, she never yells anymore, she never tantrums anymore, and she never attacks. Really. Wow. So I believe that the whole world is, is, is a macrocosm of my daughter, who is the microcosm. And if people would only be listened to, they would not, do half of the things we do. Look at our political situation. Nobody listens. Everybody's talking over each other. Even in the Democratic Party, even they had the debates. I thought it was just Democrats and Republicans, but the Democrats are yelling at each other. Everybody's yelling at each other. Nobody's taking time to listen to what someone else is saying. Not nobody. I'm making it black and white when it
0: isn't. But everyone's just waiting to talk. They're not listening. They're just waiting for the turn to talk.
1: And they're not even waiting. They're thinking of what they're going to say. Yeah. So there's no space in them to listen. Mm-hmm. Second story if I still have time.
0: Like I said, we got all the time in the world. The okay. floor is yours.
1: I've had an amazing life in a lot of ways. Because I've been able to mix with some of the richest people in the world, not not just as going to hear them speak or give lectures, but mm-hmm. sitting at their dinner table with them and meeting their their children or their parents. I've been able to call them my friends and they've and we've sat together and shared the stories together of our lives together. And I've also been able to have the glorious opportunity to sit on cardboard boxes with some of the poorest people in the world. And what I saw is every single one of them wanted the same thing, no matter how rich they were, no matter how poor, no matter what color their skin, no matter what border they lived behind, no matter what religion they practiced, no matter what their education was. What their job was or not job was, everyone wanted the same thing. They just wanted to be loved and accepted. They wanted to be listened to and heard. Absolutely. And when I realized that doesn't take a college degree, that doesn't take to belonging to a certain religion, I everybody can do that. We can all just listen and love, and love and listen to each other. So one day I just decided I was going to sit down on a street corner with a, with a guy who was just a, a homeless guy and i sat with him and i started to talk with him and we had a great conversation and and i ended by our conversation i said if there was one thing like from your perspective here i should share his perspective i said i said how are you mm-hmm. and he said the truth of the matter is there was only one other person that asked me that question and i'll tell you about him in a minute but it's hard being out here on the street i've been beat up i've been kicked i've been punched I've been spit on and I'm empathic. So I feel people when they walk by anyway, the way people treat me or think of me is they, they they treat me worse than they would treat an animal, a dangerous animal. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. They're
1: so scared of me. They just, they, they, the hatred that comes from people that I had decided one day I was going to, when, when evening came, I was going to go around the corner where nobody could see me on an, on an empty street and I was going to commit suicide. I was going to kill myself. And that two minutes after, three minutes after I had that thought, some guy did just what you're doing right now. But he walked up and he just put his hand on my shoulder. And he looked at me and he said, how are you, brother? And it was the first time anybody actually cared for me in a long, long time. And I said, I'm not doing that well. And he said, that's okay. I have time, just like you said. I have all the time in the world. Tell me your story. Right? Yeah. And he, he, said, he said, I have all the time in the world. He said it only took 10 minutes for me to tell him what I was thinking and him to just listen. He didn't try to fix me. He didn't try to change me. He didn't try. He just listened to me and I could feel he was loving and accepting of me. That's amazing. And I made a decision in my mind that I couldn't kill myself then tonight, that night, because somebody actually took the time to care about me. And maybe there would be another person that would care about me and maybe I could care about somebody too. And that man who who did that had no idea the impact that he had because he didn't know that I was about to commit suicide. Well, Corey, the homeless man that I, I sat with, also has no idea the impact of his story had on me because that's what's motivating me to take this trip around the United States and hopefully around the world, to be able to sit with those people that have no voice, to be able to sit with those who don't feel heard and just hold the space for them to be heard. And I thought that was homeless people and downtrodden and immigrants and people of color and poor people. But the other day, two weeks ago, I was sitting doing something and my wife said, can I just tell you something? I said, sure. But I wasn't there. I wasn't listening to her. And she told me what she was going on. And I said, oh, cool. And she said, you didn't hear a word I said, did you? You don't listen to me. I'm not, you're going all around the world to listen to people. And you're not even listening to me. And I said, you're 100% right. That's true. I'm so sorry. My kid who is was, a round peg goes to a school where they only put square pegs in square holes. They don't know what to do with him mm-hmm. because he doesn't think like they think. He's brilliant, but he doesn't think like they think. Mm-hmm. And he came back to me and I said, well, I said, why aren't you doing your homework? He said, because it's not, I don't feel like anybody relates to each other. They don't have any idea who I am. Mm-hmm. They don't. And so I don't feel heard, dad. I went, I've worked with companies, and the CEOs of companies tell me it's lonely at the top. Danny, we can't tell people what we actually think. If we tell people what we think, they will they will disrespect us. They won't have the respect. We have to stay aloof. And I said, really, isn't that sad? And I went to people in that same com- company, and I said, do you guys speak to each other? And do you feel there's an atmosphere here, and culture here to speak freely what you want to say? And they said, there's no there's no trust here. If we say what we actually believe, people in the company, people are our peers and our and our and bosses and our and our people that work with us will use it against us to, to take our job. Yeah. So in a world where nobody is saying what they really want to say, or they're saying it through anger or tantrums or or attacks, it's time for us to just start to re- re- f- refurbish that, to retread that tire, and to put it put a. Put an atmosphere of listening, where people can say what they want to say without being ridiculed or or harmed. So I'm going to go around the country and just listen to people, and I'm going to film it. That's
0: that's awesome. I love that idea so much. Um, this like I'm moving to uh, a new city right now. Uh, well, not city. It's a city because I'm in Montana. Like it's a city to us. It's not a city. Right anywhere else but um (laughs) and uh i'm gonna start this thing called podcast on the park or podcast in the park yeah i'm just gonna bring my stuff downtown missoula montana and just listen to people's stories
1: fabulous maybe i'll meet up with you as i travel around we'll do it together
0: perfect i love it let's do it
1: (laughs) so so afterwards get make sure i know all your contact because it was almost impossible to find you right now here when I knew when I didn't have your link, but, but make sure I find you. I have your phone number, I think. Yeah. But let's, let's say when I come to Missoula, we'll do something, we'll do something together. We'll do a podcast in the park. We'll just sit and we'll sit in the park and listen to people. I love it. You're going to have to, you you have to watch it because when I went to the city that I live in and I said, I just want to sit and set up a little place where I can listen to people. They said, well, you're going to need a permit for that. And I said, what do you mean I'm going to need a permit? I'm not, they said, well, it's, it's called soliciting. I said, I'm not selling them anything. I'm not, I'm not asking them for signatures. I'm not asking them for money. I'm not asking them for anything. They said, it's still soliciting. What? You, can't, you can't on public property do that. So what you have to do is you have to find a, you have to find something that is a private piece of of property in a public enough area where you would be able to do it. Like sometimes in the parking lots of big, of big shopping centers, that's a private piece of land. And that's, they said, you could do that. You could set up there and you could talk to people in the parking lot as long as you got permission from the store. But it's just so crazy because we're so scared now of everything. We're so scared of what people will do that there are all sorts of laws to keep us from actually connecting with each other.
0: That's crazy. You need a permit to go and talk to people? You need a permit to go and
1: record people. But that's what I said to him. I said, I said, can you even hear what you're saying? We live in a world where nobody listens. All I want to do is listen to people. And you're telling me I need a permit to listen? I said, no wonder nobody listens. That's insane. So just check your, check your ordinances. Otherwise you'll end up, they'll, they'll just pick you up and throw you out. And if you don't go, they'll put you in jail.
0: Well, thank you for the heads up. Yeah, because um, I, I was about to do the same thing. Wow, that's insane! Wow. So, how? <laughs> wow. And, yeah. So, like, how are you gonna go across the country? Like, what's your plans? I'm starting May first,
1: and I still don't have it worked out. I know where I have an a rough idea of where I'm going, but. I'm waiting for someone to um, – I believe that someone will donate a, a van for me. If they don't, I'm talking to Amtrak about the possibility. Uh, I had an initial conversation that I haven't heard back from them about the possibility of them sponsoring what – like a like in Europe, they have a URL pass where you can go all – you can buy a pass and you go on any train for two weeks, three weeks, a month, whatever. I want to get a one-year pass to go around to Miracle and Amtrak and have them be the sponsor. And what I'd love to be able to do if I use Amtrak is I would do podcasting and, and interviews on the train. So I don't have to even just wait till I get to, there's all the mass of society is coming right into this train. All different types, all different economic people yeah. are riding the train. And I just talk with people on the train. That would be I,
0: super cool. And
1: I recorded. So I told them, you know, their, their, their um, um, motto is Amtrak. We move, we move people from one place to another. So I said to them, why why don't we do this? Why don't we say Amtrak not only moves people from one place to another, but it moves a nation from one place to another by listening. Right? And so we I'm I'm trying to get my proposal narrowed down to them and 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 got it, but everybody that I talk to loves the idea and everybody sees the need for it. So I want to go back to the first minute of our conversation. Yeah. And you said, well, what does it mean you're going to listen to people? Do you have a better idea now of what I was talking about? Yes. Okay, good.
0: Yes, I do. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, because even in the thought, like what you're doing is listening to people and you're responding to people, but you're, and you're talking from a vulnerable place. Mm -hmm. But we live in a world where everybody's fixing people. I don't believe that people are broken. What if we didn't need to be fixed? What if we just needed to be heard? That. Wow,
0: that's beautiful. Yeah. All right, take a pill for this. Lose weight for that. Yeah. Take this class. Don't take that class. Yeah. Like, you're beautiful if you look like this. You're ugly if you look like that. Like, yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. Just because of the status quo is saying this is it, like who? who are you to judge, who are you?
1: Yeah, it's none of my business to put it in in framework you might be able to understand,
0: right? Exactly.
1: (laughs) Who you are is none of my business, but if you wanna tell me who you are, I'm all open to hear.
0: Yeah, most definitely.
1: But all we have is leaders leading people, self-help people fixing people, psychologists telling people what's wrong with them, doctors giving people pills because they're depressed. Nobody's listening. The only reason people are doing any of it is because they're acting out because nobody heard, nobody heard them. They're just like my daughter. Yeah. We need to find a way to listen to people when they speak. And if we can't understand them when they speak, we need to look for that other something that my daughter went like this and put her finger to the side of her head. So that we actually have a chance to really hear what somebody's saying. When, they, when, when I listen to you, you don't have to scream. I heard you. You, If you start screaming, I say, hold it. Robert, tell me what's going on. Did I not hear what you're saying? I thought I heard you. Tell me again because I want to hear what you're saying. Yeah. Well, I just got, you know, here's what I want to say. Okay, so tell me. But And when you hear that I'm hearing you and I'm not fixing you and I'm not changing you and I'm not arguing with you, here's what I really believe. In the voices of the voiceless there are 8, million, 8 billion people of us in this world we listen to a small 000000.1% 0, 0, 0, 0, 0. of those people is who tells us most of our information and we're not able to solve basic human problems are you telling me we don't we can't solve homelessness we're about to put people on colonize mars and we can't put people in houses right here right are you, are like, are you crazy? Are you telling me we can't solve hunger? We're throwing away more food than we know what to do with because it doesn't come in cute little boxes. Right. And we're scared that it'll be, it'll have, uh, it, well, we're scared that what a restaurant served one hour ago will no longer be healthy for people to eat on the streets when there's plenty of food being thrown away. Right? We're, we're, we are, we are not even able to bring clean drinking water to cities here in America, let alone in countries around the world. Man, how is that possible? So what I want to do is I want to ask the voiceless people, what is it they want to solve and how will they do it? And I'm, in, and I'm working with a, a, um, an amazing company that's using AI and the algorithms that AI can produce to allow diverse opinions to come together and think as one they're taking, they're taking diverse minds, diverse opinions and bringing them into the swarm mentality. Like when you see birds fly in a flock, mm-hmm. there isn't a, one bird isn't leading another. They're all flying in, in harmony and in sync with each other. Yeah, absolutely. When you see fish swim in a school, they're doing the same thing. The, the movements are too fast for them to be following each other. Mm-hmm. they're moving as one collective mind together absolutely so what would happen if the human mind was able to have a connect- connected mind a mosaic mind pardon me for for using my the name of my book a mosaic mind where all of the pieces of the mosaic came together for one time and just had a had a connected vision of what they wanted what what they did and we created a connected solution. And we asked people, "What kind of? What do you want to solve?" And they decided. And we asked people, "How would you solve it?" And they decided. And the, to join the Mosaic Swarm, I'm asking one dollar a month. That's, Something everybody can afford.
0: Yeah, right? how w- uh, it's pretty reasonable. Just- and if
1: somebody can't afford it, then we'll, we're going to ask people who can't, who can't afford it to give $2 a month because there'll be countries in, in, in Asia and in, in Africa and, in, or, or cities in America where people can't afford a dollar a month. But we want their opinion still. So we'll ask people who can afford it and have no problem with a dollar a month to give $2 to support one of their brothers and sisters. Absolutely. And my goal is to get a minority of 1 billion people. Let 7 billion people think I'm crazy, and they will, but I want to get a minority of 1 billion people, and when we ask 1 billion people what they want to solve and how they want to solve it, we'll have $1 billion a month from them to put towards the solutions that they choose to solve in the Uh. ways they want to solve We don't have to go to anybody to do that. We, the people, decide what we do. It will be a we, the people, nation for the first time in the 65 years that I've been alive. I've never seen a we, the people, nation, but I want to help create one. And if I don't see it in my lifetime, I want to create it and plant the seeds for it to come in other people's lifetimes. Because it's time we take back our lives. Wow. That's amazing. So now you got a lion behind you and a lion in front of you. Now what are you going to do?
0: You know, (laughs) I, I don't even know, like, I just, I appreciate this conversation that we're having. um, to be honest, I like 20 minutes before we hopped on, I was like, just getting angry at like stupid stuff. Yeah. Stupid. It doesn't matter. Like, I think I'm stressed out because I'm like, trying to pack and move and yeah whatever and then i hop on the call with you and like instantly that stress that so-called anger that i thought i had is gone yeah so something really intrigues me and i'm and
1: let me see if this makes any sense to you i was just having i have a podcast and i had someone on my podcast uh yesterday and we were speaking about he's friends I mean, he's friends, not just associates. He's friends with the Dalai Lama. He's friends with a guy by the name of Thich Nhat Hanh, a a really well-known Vietnamese monk. He's friends with a woman, a woman saint by the name of Amma. And when I say friends, when the Pope invited them to come with a plus one, they they asked him to come with them as their plus one. So that's, that's a fairly big, good-sized
0: friend. Yeah. The Dali,
1: when the Dalai Lama asks you to accompany him, right? right or or Thich Nhat Hanh asks you to accompany him to see the Pope, that's a pretty big friend. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me the story of growing up where his father was an alcoholic and never home. Um, he didn't really know if his father was ever going to come home his mother had had a stroke and she wasn't capable of doing anything. So here he was as a 10, 11 year old kid pretty much having to make his life work for himself. And he was angry, really angry. And he was really upset and really angry. And he walked with this aura of angriness and everywhere he turned, he was, he was angry and people could feel it. They steered clear. of him. And one day he just had nothing to do because nobody wanted to be with him and nobody wanted to be around him. And he, he had, decided he wanted to play with magic and just he wanted to learn magic and just sort of have fun learning magic not black magic just regular like you know a magician sort of stuff yeah yeah and and he had seen that there was a magic shop in a strip mall further than he could he was permitted to ride his bike but he said screw it i'm just going to ride my bike there and he rode his bike into the to the strip mall and he walked into the magic shop and he was looking for a plastic thumb because you can stuff things in the plastic yeah. and make it look like you have a trick yeah. he was looking for a plastic thumb but the woman in the magic shop had no idea what a plastic thumb was because it wasn't her shop it was her son's shop and her son was away and she just decided she was going to sit there and help him so nobody stole things from the shop but she st- she said he'll be back but she said there's a reason why you're walking in the door and he opened up to her somehow and I said, why would you open up to her? And he said, it was the first time in my life I didn't feel judged. I, feel, I felt loved and accepted. Really? And she said to him, if you'll come back for six weeks, every day for six weeks, I'll teach you how to not be angry. I'll teach you how to have happiness. Random occurrence because he went there to get him thumb from the guy who wasn't there, but his mom was there. right? And he went back every single day for six weeks. So here's the place that I'm really interested in because we just had it happen right here. Absolutely. I'm interested in I'm interested in the in the collision point between the way one person sees the world and the world that they see because they see the world that way and the way another person sees the world and the world they see because they see the world that way. Like the world we see is the world we create. We that we when we change the way we see the world, the world we see changes.
0: Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So
1: I'm interested in the collision point. I said to him, I'm interested in this collision point between this woman who was just loving and accepting and kind and this little kid that was angry and, and, and everybody steered clear from him. What the heck happened in that collision? He said, right. her, kindness, her kindness melted me. Oh. And that's what's happened right here with all due respect. Yeah, absolutely. You, I literally watched you. Your body loosened. You were like blown away. You didn't know what it hit you. And nothing, hit, nothing hit you. It was just love and kindness. Well, thank you. And and you're open enough to receive it. So thank you. Yeah. But that's the impact we have. And and so re- here's another here's another conundrum. I'm talking and talking and talking and talking about listening, but I'm talking. <laughs> And and I had to ask myself, how does that work? How are you listening when all you're doing is talking? Mm-hmm. And my own inner voice said to me, that's not all you're doing. You're talking for a specific reason. I'm talking so I can occupy your mind, so I can listen to what your heart and soul is saying to me, and I hear that. And I can go to heal and work and love that part of you that feels hurt and damaged and not all. That part of you that feels that feels angry and and, and upset. I can work from my heart to your heart, my soul to your soul without your mind saying, hold it, what's going on here? I feel something's going on because your mind's occupied in our conversation. And this is the effect of that. Wow.
0: (laughs) You know, I I didn't think my Saturday was gonna go like this at all. (laughs) So, (laughs) How did you think it was gonna go? Record a couple episodes and get, and keep packing, (laughs) you know, not, not like this. So what,
1: what is this? What's the experience of this that you're having?
0: I just, I, right now I just feel like I'm floating on clouds. Wow.
1: How often do you feel that? Not very often. So what happened?
0: you listened okay you asked me how I how I was doing just genuinely love and acceptance cool yeah
1: so I think you're giving me more credit than I deserve well I think you did something
0: what do you think I did
1: Um. i think you felt safe for the first time in a long time and i think you opened up Mm. and when you take down the walls that protect you that also crucify you suddenly you see what's actually there which is all this love that you have that you just are scared to show anybody because you think they'll hurt you not you but everybody we all, do. Yeah. I do it too.
0: Yeah, no, totally. I, I get what you're saying. And I think
1: you just somehow let down your guard because you trusted me. So if you can trust an old fat guy that you don't even, that you know all of about 18 seconds, try it with somebody else. Try it with somebody else. Cause look at the effect that it has. Great. Look at the effect that it has on you. Look at the effect that it has on me. This is what connection's about. Absolutely. In my book, The Mosaic, it's a story about a boy who loses his parents two years apart on the same day. Oh, wow. And he's just a boy. And he asks the adults, where are my parents? And they say to him, your parents are in a place called heaven. And he said, where's heaven? And they said, oh, you'll have to find that yourself. So he leaves the comfort of his home. And he sets out on, on a journey and he takes a walk. And he, he wants to find heaven. And as he walks, the people he meets are not the swamis and the yogis and the rabbis, rabbis and the priests and the ministers and the, and the, and the, and the exalted. They're the trash man and the homeless guy. They're the juice man and the waitress. They're the gardener and the street artist. And he wonders, why am I meeting these people? I'm I'm, I'm on a quest to find heaven. I need to find heaven. Why am I meeting these people? But then he says, I'm here with them. Why don't I just sit and listen to them tell me their stories? And as he sits and listens to them, what he realizes, the person he initially came up to is not at all the person that he now sees. Once they tell him their stories, they're so much richer, so much more than, they, than, than he thought they were. And it happens to him over and over and over and over again that he realizes the world he sees is not at all the world that is. It's just the world that he sees. That world that you were in one minute ago, five minutes ago, ten minutes ago, where you thought it was going to be just a couple of interviews and on with packing and you were going to be pissed off and angry.
0: Right? <laughs> exactly.
1: Right? It you're still in the same world, brother. Nothing's Absolutely. changed outside of you. You've changed.
0: Absolutely.
1: And suddenly the world you see is completely different. So what would we see if we could see what we don't see? What would we see if we took everything that we see in any moment in time and just slid it right? What's hiding behind there? What happens even if we don't slide it right? I don't know if you ever saw those drawings. They're black and white drawings that look like, and in the same drawing, you look at it and you either see an old hag or a young socialite. I think when, I know. Yeah, they use them in psychology stuff to see what do you see. And the first time I looked at it, I saw an old hag. And my friend said to me, you don't see the young socialite? I said, come on, you can't tell me that's a young socialite. That's, that's, an, old, that's an old woman. There's nothing young about her. They, they said, no, the way you're seeing it is different. You're seeing, you have to change your perspective. And so right in the same picture are two different images. How in the world is that possible? And then I said, "Hold it, that's the world I live in on a day-to-day basis. Right in front of me are, are many different pictures. Absolutely, but I just choose to see one of them, and I believe that's real. That's not real. That's just what I see.
0: Absolutely. That. Wow, that's beautiful." Um, My mind is blown right now. I can feel it.
1: I can feel it. You are not, like, you're a totally different person than the person who first got on the phone with me. Yeah,
0: yeah, I love it. Oh, man. Wow. That's so, like, what do you do besides you listening to people? Like, what do you do in your free time? What are your hobbies? Um,
1: I, I have, I used to do a lot of stuff. My body's gotten old now. Uh, my body is, is is full of pain. My body is overweight. So all the things that I used to love to do, I used to I used to go to the gym. I was uh, when I first started out at the gym, I could lift. I could just barely lift the bar when I bench pressed. I was you know I was I was not strong at all. I was lifting the bar. My friends called me my friends called me pennies because they couldn't even put little pennies on the bar. And um, but by going there every day, over and over and over and over again. I got to the place where I could bench press 345 pounds. Dang, good for you. Yeah. I was, I, and I was running 48 miles, 48 miles a week. So we were, we were in top shape. And then I hurt myself. Mm -hmm. And then I, I couldn't train anymore. And so my body got older and my body got tired from beating up on my body the way I did. My body has like arthritis and pain. Mm -hmm. So my enjoyment now is enjoyment of the mind. My enjoyment is is literally sitting in my in my little cave of my own body in the quiet and just experiencing an inner world that nobody I, I, that very few people know. We don't take time to know that world absolutely and so my my fun time is inner exploration because I can't go out so much anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like in my book there's the, there's the blind woman one of the characters is a blind woman. And, and Mo is just is just had just a blow a mind blowing experience like you just had in this conversation. Mm-hmm. And he just stood up and like a little almost almost like drunk and dizzy from the conversation, he stood up and said, I gotta get going, I gotta I gotta keep walking and he walks and he bumps into a woman, a blind woman and what he sees is he sees a smile on her face. It's so beautiful. He says, I'm so I'm so sorry. She said, Don't be sorry. We were meant to bump into each other. And she, she, they speak to each other, and she talks about the fact. He said, "How is it possible you're so happy? You can't see the world like you're you're blind. How do you, how can you be so happy? You don't even see the world that I that we live in." She said, "Is it really such a beautiful world to see?" She said, "Here's the, here's the real question: You can see the world you live in, and you could also see the world that I live in, but you don't choose to see my world for some reason. Why?" All you have to do is close your eyes and be blind to this world. And you'll see a whole nother world living inside you. I'm more sad for you that you don't take the time to see your inner world. And so that's my rec- recreation now. And I, I wish it was taking walks. I live three blocks from the beach. I wish it was taking walks on the ocean. I can't. My body doesn't handle that. Anymore. Mm-hmm. And listen to the craziness of this. I'm about, I told you before, I'm about to go on a one-year trip across America. Uh, How in the hell am I going to do that? I don't know, but we'll see.
0: It's going to be a journey.
1: It's going to be a journey. And we'll see. We'll just go as far as we can go and we'll do what we do.
0: Yeah. But at least you're trying.
1: Yeah, we got to do it. Something else will move through me.
0: Are you going by yourself?
1: going by myself right now. Right on. I don't know where the money's coming from. I don't know what vehicle I'm going in. I don't know how I'm getting there. I, I just have I put one post in Facebook and I said, Well would people host me or or you know, give me a hot shower or do my laundry or feed me a meal if I come to your town or any of the above? And forty-five people for that I didn't even know responded and said, Sure, we'll be happy to do
0: that. Awesome.
1: So I'm just gonna go visit people. And then someone else came to me and said I want to help you get into speaking all these different new thought churches. I said, great, let's do it. And I was someone else. I'm waiting for someone else to say, I want to bring you to my church. So I just want to come to any place. Anybody will hear me. That's awesome. And and create. When I grew up, it was the sixties and we had something called B ins. We would go to the park and we would just sit there and be, and we would sit with each other. And and it was just, you know, these freaks coming and sitting in the park. I want to create listenings. In I want to that? create places where people just come and listen and they listen to each other and they hold the space for each other to say what they really want to say so that they don't need to scream, they don't need to tantrum, and they don't need to destroy.
0: That's amazing. So, we're wow. going to do it in Missoula, brother. Yeah. L- yes. Let me know when you're coming. We'll make it happen. Okay. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Uh, so. Uh, You, you pretty much have said your message to the world, but, uh, what's your message to the world? Um,
1: so in a moment of my life where I was friends with billionaires and the children and children of billionaires, they were my friends. They would all. A lot of my friends would look at me and say, "Danny, what are you spending all this time getting to know yourself for? You just got to get out in the business world. You've got such a brilliant mind, and we should do stuff together and we should work together. We should create businesses together and opportunities for people together." And I just said, "I'm not interested." And they said, "What are you talking about? You like? Are you just going to find yourself your whole life? Is that what you're going to do? What are you going to like? What are you? Have you become that weird?" I said, "I guess so, maybe." And I remember my closest friend just sort of laughing at me, and, and it hurt me. It really hurt me because he was my closest friend. And he, but he just, he just was hurt that I wasn't choosing the life that he was choosing. Mm-hmm. And it separated us, and we didn't talk for a long time. And I was in New York City one time on business. I was staying in a really nice hotel called the Mandarin Oriental right on Park, right on Central Park. And I was coming home from my evening of being with people, and it was about 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. I was coming up the elevator, and the lobby was on the 34th floor looking over the park, Central Park. And I'm coming out of the the elevator, and I see this guy walking into the elevator, and and I I can't believe it. It's my friend, Neil, from a long, long time ago. And I said, he doesn't even recognize me. How Woody? It's been like twenty, thirty years. Oh wow! And I look at him. I said, Neil. And he said, Danny. He said, Where are you going? I said, I was just, I'm just coming back from the evening, so I was just going to go to my room and be by myself a little bit. He, said, I said, Where are you going? He said, Well, I'm just going out to the club. You want to come to the club with me? I said, I don't think I'm a club guy. So he said, "Hold it! I'm going to cancel that. I'm just going to." He, he sent the people he was with. He said, "I'm going to just stay here. This is a guy I haven't seen in 25, 30 years." He said, "Well, I've got a bottle of scotch, good scotch, up in my room, and I've got two cigars. Let's just let's just sit in the lobby here. And you drink scotch and we have cigar." I said, "Yeah, not, I normally don't, but I'll, I'll do it today and do it tonight with you. I'll sit and we'll have scotch and smoke cigars. And let's just catch up on 35 years." Wow. So we sat. And somewhere in the middle of that conversation, he said to me, you know, I used to make fun of you. I used to tell everybody what a a weirdo you were. And and I said, yeah, I do know that. And it actually hurt me. I've never told you, but it actually hurt me that you did that. Because you were my friend. You knew who I was. I'd lost my parents. I was trying to find something. He said, yeah, but it just hurt me that you weren't involved in what I'm doing. But when I see you now, and I just listened to the, your voice. He said, I don't have to do anything but listen to your voice and look in your eyes. When I see that feeling, I was the one that was the fool. I have more money than God. I'm on my seventh marriage. My, my wife, I cheat on my wife as, much, as often as I can. I have kids that don't talk to me by three different women. I run a business that I'm sick and tired of. I haven't known a day of happiness in the last 20 years. And I look at you, you're staying in the same hotel I'm staying in, you're doing the same things I'm doing, but look at the contentment and the peace that you have. He said, I want that. I said, Neil, it's not too late. You can have it right now. You're my friend. I'd be more than happy to share some of it with you. And he said, yeah, yeah, I want it. I want it. I want it. I'll get, I'll get, when we get back home, I'll call you. Have you heard from him? Nor have I. Mm -hmm. And it's just that space that says, how do I trade in my unhappiness that I've grown so happy with? I've grown so used to. To have a happiness that I have no idea what it will bring me. for people who want to to even have an idea of where to st- take it off and we're flying now. I really want to invite people to get my book, The Mosaic on Amazon. It's The Mosaic by Daniel Levin. You'll hear the story. Um, the beauty of a fable, it's a fable. So the beauty of telling a story is that when it leaves my lips, it's no longer my story because when it enters your ears, you hear something new. Mm-hmm. And I want to invite you to do that and see for your guests what they feel when they feel it. Right on. And right. if they feel it, I, I hope you'll put my contact information. If they feel anything from this conversation and they are open to having this old man who can barely get around come to their town and do something with their in their living room, in their church, in their business, in their anything, that's what I'm doing let let me come and let me come and have a listen in with you right on are you on
0: instagram social media
1: Oh, uh, uh, i'll give you all those links i'm on all those places i'll give you my websites we can post it in the show notes it's it's um you can get it all in danielbrucelevin.com or the mosaic and i'll but i'll send you all that information if i haven't already done so
0: and then i'll put it in the show notes put it in the show notes
1: and and finally, the last thing you can do is if, you're, if you don't want to see me or you're scared of what would happen if you saw me, if you don't want to bring me into your business or you don't want to host me in your home, what you can do is you can sign up for the Mosaic Swarm for $1 a month. And what we'll do is we're still in the development phases. You know, every movement starts with 25, 30, 50 people but our goal is to get to a billion. And if we don't start doing it at 25 and 30 and 40 and 50 and a hundred and a thousand 10,000, we'll never get to a billion.
0: That's absolutely, absolutely right. Right.
1: So I used to be, well, we're only 25 people or 30 people, whatever we are. And so how are we going to do anything? But everything starts there. Absolutely. And it's just starting to happen. It's moving it. If anybody feels like they want to donate a van or they want to donate a year's pass to Amtrak, if they want to, whatever they feel they want to do i'm I'm open. This isn't my trip. this is our trip. If you want to come along with me for some days and just and just follow along, let's do that. Let's create a caravan of listeners that we set up, and we have people listening all over the world.
0: that sounds that's amazing. yeah, that's amazing. right on well, Danny, I wish you the best of luck. Thank you for your time this you totally changed my afternoon fabulous uh but wow and i i hope whoever's listening to this it changes their afternoon as well so thank you for your time you have a podcast as well don't you
1: yes i have a pod it's called the mosaic podcast
0: the mosaic podcast and it's on
1: it's on itunes i'll send a link to that also for you so all right when i get off the phone with you now i'll send you an an email all the contact information all that stuff and you can have it for your show notes.
0: Love it. Love it right on Danny. Well, thank you.